running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100, a podcast made specifically for helping the back of Packers cross that finish line, whether for the first time or the 724th time. I'm Jacob Bateman. Joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. I want to know who has crossed the finish line 724 times in an ult- of ultra races. I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility to uh, have someone cross that many times. Really? Okay, well, if any of you have crossed the finish line of an ultra race that many times, reach out to us because I want to meet you. Because it's just 50Ks on. I mean, there will be some people who run a 50K every weekend. So do you think, true, do you think that if someone has crossed the finish line that many times that they're still a back of the packer? I could see it. You think so? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we are back after Hello. a few months pause. I think the last episode released was like end of May or beginning of June. Something like that. Well, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. A lot has happened since then, including a 100-mile race. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We had talked about on previous episodes of being signed up for the Ute 100. And that race took place in mid-August. And I ran it and completed it. And I didn't run it. (laughs) We could talk about that. But for those of you who are new to the podcast... The U100 is the 100-mile race that we signed up for in 2020. It was going to be our first 100-mile race. It was canceled, so we put on our own 100-mile race. And so we still were able to defer to the U100. And anyways, Jacob decided to go for it. I did not go for it. I ended up pacing Jacob and crewing him. And that's that's what we want to talk about today is just Jacob's, well, I guess both of our experiences of Jacob's 100 so, anyways, um, I'll just get into it, guys. So, training was going great at first for, for the Ute 100. And this was my first official 100-mile race. We had done a self-supported one. If you haven't listened to that, we have that in our podcast archives back there. If you go back a couple years, um, it's running titled Running 100 Miles for the First Time. Me and Melody did that together, a self-supported one back in 2020. And then I decided to go for it on this Ute one because we've had it deferred a couple years. And I just wanted to do get the official race experience of doing the 100. Um, and training went great for most of the time. Well, well up to about probably until we start stopped podcasting, actually. <laughs> Honestly, your training was great until 
it was peak training time <laughs> when training should have been been like the best, right? Correct. Correct. And I actually, what happened was in May, I went out on a um, 20 mile road run, which I normally do not do. We were pacing my dad who's getting ready for his first road marathon and it was his last long run and we went and it, ran it with him. And so, and I don't run roads ever. And, and Jacob is now a road hater yes. after this. And so I did this road run and I broke out my old shoes, my old From road shoes. From when we shoes. ran our first marathon in 2018, you guys. And also Jacob was running in those shoes like a couple years before that too. So, and, and you know, I didn't have any road shoes though. All I buy is trail shoes. I don't want to spend a hundred bucks on a pair of road shoes when I only get out on the road for a baby four miles once every two weeks still is good to have i it still is good to have a pair of road shoes babe so i i am cheapskate just broke out the old ones and the day after started experiencing some foot pain and two days after was experiencing shooting pains in my foot um, and they didn't go away for a good week and a half it slowly it for a couple days it peaked out like that monday through wednesday after the run but then it's uh it slowly went away but then when i'd start running again they'd come back um and so i basically took a whole month off of running uh where i went to the gym bought a gym membership for that month went did a lot of biking and elliptical mainly there and uh we thought that it was possibly a stress fracture yeah so he was trying to stay completely off of that foot to let it heal yeah i had a doc tell me it was a stress fracture or that's what he thought but he never had x-rays done finally ended up getting x-rays there is no no stress fracture was found so we could see yeah sometimes they can be missed um, anyway, so my whole long story short, my whole training was thrown off to the point where I was starting to doubt if I was going to do the Ute 100 because my peak training zone, I got in some long runs still like, like I took training off for like a month and then I went and ran a 50 K, uh, that was that, that had 13,000 feet of climbing in it. Um, and even at the, but at the end of that 50 K, the last few miles, the foot has, was starting to have shooting pains again. So I'm like, well, geez, I was able to power through that 50 K, but I'm like, if shooting pains start coming up at mile 30, I'm not going to be able to power through 70 miles of that. Okay. And you might be thinking, why are you taking a month off and then going and doing a 50K with how much climbing was it again? 13,000. With 13,000 feet of climbing without barely running. And you think it might be a stress fracture. Well, the reason Jacob decided to do that run was he wanted to see... It was his training one for Ute. He was he was trying to decide if he was going to do Ute or not. So he thought, let's just try this race, see how I do here. And then we can decide if we're going to do Ute. And so like Jacob said, you know, your foot was hurting the last few miles. And so you still were wondering if you should do Ute or not. Exactly. And so I did it, but my confidence in my foot was low after that. But that did give me confidence in my 
body, overall body, because I felt strong through that race. It took me over 12 hours to do that 50K because of all the climbing. But if I could do 13,000 feet of climbing in that 30 miles, then I could do 20,000 feet of climbing through 100 miles, you know. So that uh, I felt strong overall on the body wise, but uh, the foot was still a concern. So then I took a couple weeks off. Then I went out and ran like my own self supported, like mountain marathon well and when jacob says he took time off again he's not just sitting home doing nothing he is going to the gym he's biking he's cross training so he still is working out he just isn't running and i'm not run i i i'm walking a lot i am walking a lot with that well and your job is you're on your feet and you're moving a lot and that that was kind of hard because we were like if it is a stress fracture it's never going to heal because you're always on your feet for your job you know anyways but i was like getting out like rather than running if my foot was concerning me at all i was just going for like a three mile walk um so anyways long story short I did a couple other long race runs on my own. And at the end of every long run, the foot started feeling weird. And so I just... And this is how many months was this that your foot was bothering you? It 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 started at the end of May. So, you know, August is two months from that. So it was a couple months. But... um, what ended up happening is my father-in-law finally is like, we're like four, three weeks away from the race and he was going to pace me and he ends up texting me and be like, Hey, so are you, he knew I was, didn't know if I was doing the race. And he said, Hey, are you going to actually do this? You know, because I need to take some work off on Friday if I'm going to get there in, in time to pace you for the night. And Jacob had to make a decision. I had to make a decision. And I was also in a really bad mood when he texted me. (laughs) And (laughs) I just said, you know what? My training hasn't been where I wanted it to be. I'm going to call it. And I don't think I'm going to do it because. Because you haven't been running for two months. Well, I'd ran sporadically, not consistently because of foot pains. And the foot pain wasn't gone. It was three yeah. weeks out. The foot pain was still there. Yep. I still felt it. So we just decided it wasn't going to happen. And so anyways, went about a week kind of wallowing in my self-pity. <laughs> um, probably week, week and a half. And so now the race is two and a half weeks away and kind of almost two weeks away. And... I, uh, I've started looking at other races for next year, you know, told people I'm not doing it because of my foot. Well, I mean, you didn't even tell that many people that you were doing it. Yeah, period. But there were some people that knew, um, mainly you told people. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I guess Jacob definitely is a more private person than me. I, I see that was something I didn't even consider. Like, oh, is this something we shouldn't tell people? Because you decided to run the eight one hundred, and I was like, it would come up, and I would tell people you were running it. <laughs> so, anyways, then I uh, ended up one night. Um, I was just, as many of you know from our podcasts. Um, we are big believers in God 
and big believers, <laughs> big believers. <laughs> and I was, I say prayers every, every, I try to say a prayer every night before I get into bed. And so I was saying a prayer and I wasn't even praying about running, but like all of a sudden I just felt like the Ute 100 was like pressed heavy on my mind. Uh, and that like, but I know, and I was trying to even like put that thought aside because I decided not to do it. Just thinking about it made me sad that I wasn't doing it, but it just, it, it was there. And then Melody, she was praying over on her side of the bed and then Melody got up, you know, we both said our prayers and Melody starts telling me, of stuff that she felt like you received personal revelation on something that, that you needed to do. And you start telling me about what you felt like you needed to do. And, and the, then you got really quiet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is Jacob not happy about? Because the, the things I was telling him, they were, they're kind of big things that would require, you know, lots of money. And, and I was like, you just got really quiet and you were like looking at me and I was like, oh shoot, maybe Jacob is not happy about, about this, about these ideas that I have. And, and then you were all, just give me a second. That's all you said. And then you walked out of the room <laughs> and I was like, what the, I, I was like, dang it, Jacob's mad. He's not happy. Does it? He's not happy about these ideas that I have. And then I just sat in there and I was like, oh no, like waiting for this like drama. I was like, are we gonna, I was like, what is going on? And then you come back into the room and you can pick it up from here. <laughs> so what I actually did is, so Melody, the whole time she was telling me what she felt like she received revelation on, like, the Ute 100 just kept like getting pounded into my head as Melody's telling me, this is what I think I need to do. And then I was hoping maybe Melody would just like, I'm like, maybe if Melody just brings up the Ute 100, then I'll know for sure God wants me to do it. It's like we both yeah. just received like answers to our prayers that night. Like we both got an answer to what is the next step we need to take in life and and your answer was the U100 well, right at that point so when i stepped out of the room i actually just went to our office and i kneeled down and prayed at, and i just asked god i'm like is this me like can i actually do the U100 or is this just me not being able to let go of it you know because sometimes i have a hard i have a hard time deciphering what's my thoughts and what's god telling me you know and when i was praying about that i felt like i kept hearing this phrase in my head you can do it you're strong enough you can do it you'll finish like you can do it and so when i got that i came back in the room and i don't even know how i brought you back brought it up i was like i was like babe is everything okay? And it uh, honestly, like it, it was a dramatic night. Like this, it was so dramatic. And well, it was awesome. It was really, it was a really cool experience. But you came in, and then you were, like, you just seemed really shocked, and then you started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I was, I was scared to death because I didn't feel like my training was up to par. That's why I called it. My training was not where I wanted it to be. I didn't think I was prepared for a hundred miles. Because our first time doing 100, holy cow, that was hard. And then I just, like, said something to you about, like, 
may I think I might have to at least give the Ute 100 a shot. Like, I think well, I'm well, you do basically it. were like, I'm doing it. Yeah, like I'm doing. Like you'd made up your mind yeah. at, at that point, and we both. I just remember this was my favorite part. Us both sitting in bed and like laughing, like almost hysterically, like, okay, we're doing it. <laughs> We're doing the U100 in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So then we're like, whoo, okay. And for any of you who have ever done 100 before or are considering doing 100, it's a lot of prep. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And so we were just like, okay, we got to get pacers. We got to figure out nutrition. We got to get the drop bags ready. We got to take time off of work. And uh, so we're, we just dive, dove in and we we're like, okay, here we go. And, uh, the next, we were going to take a little weekend trip, but we were going to leave the next morning. And so we ended well, it, up... It was a week-long trip. We, we well, did like no, a... The, we were going to go up to my old scout camp uh, that, oh, that yeah. the next oh, day. Yeah. yeah. And we ended up not doing that because then it's like, okay, like I needed a confidence builder run, you know, two weeks beforehand. So then... Uh, I decided that I was going to run up and down Mount Ogden twice. And it was like 23 miles with like 9,000 feet of climbing on That's a really, really technical. That's yeah. I hate that trail. And it's so, yeah, that took me like 12 hours to do 23 miles on 9,000 feet of climbing, but it was a great confidence booster run and the foot felt fine that time and i was wearing superiors i had been running in ultra lone peaks and which we think is part of what was contributing yeah. to the, the foot pain and then i moved over to superiors which are less cushioned but my foot felt fine all about that minimalist running over here so anyways did that then we just were like okay it's happening then and you tapered then i tapered <laughs> for a couple of weeks and but, we just were yeah holding our breath <laughs> yeah i basically did like one 12 hour run a month um as 12, i look back 12 on 12 hour run mm -hmm. really well yeah. one eight one run of one, one like run really of longer run. one really big run that was like 8 hours long for like once a month for those four months leading up. <laughs> but I did do like a, quite a bit of like 10 to 15 mile runs. And you there. also had when you were cross training, when we thought you had a stress fracture, you also had one day at the gym where you spent six hours at the gym. Yeah. Doing biking, elliptical, just some strength training. And then I went for a walk after that all. Um, so we... Uh, I went in and honestly just, well, no one knows if they're ever going to finish a hundred when they show up. Even if you have prepped really, yeah. really well for it, you, you never know. But I was feeling scared to death, but, uh, especially cause my training wasn't where I wanted it to be. I didn't think I was strong enough. And because it was so last minute, we didn't have a, a bunch of crew. So it was, it was me, my dad, Jacob's brother and jacob's sister-in-law I, I personally and, think was plenty it, it was it was the perfect amount i think if we had one less person it, it would have been it would have been harder i feel like we had the perfect amount of people down there yeah i mean and you can do it with one i don't want to tell people don't do a hundred because you don't have five people it's like it's true you can do it with it's one true. person you can it, i mean it, they're it not gonna harder. pace you because yeah. you gotta have a pacer and crew have got to be separate but i definitely think i mean it 
it like helps yeah, to have people and it helps have pacers. It's it, easier. Don't, don't let it stop you if you can't get it, but yeah. it, it does really, really help. And I do just want to shout out to my dad, Billy and Chelsea for being there and helping us out because they, and they we'll did talk really, more really about help. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyways, but let's just go through here. So we just, we show up. We were going to camp out, but a monsoon hit Moab as we were driving in. So we so got we had a last minute check into a hotel. Yeah. We All had, the power was out in the hotel. We only <laughs> slept in that hotel till 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for a hotel for four hours of sleep. Um, and then uh, we show up. Race start was at 4.30 a.m. And uh, we went at it. And you're off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I was, so I was crewing, and then uh, the plan was to pace Jacob the last 20, and it was really fun being on the crew side. I just, I had the car packed up and ready to go, and, you know, I, I sent Jacob off. I went to the first aid station, sat I, there, slept in my camp chair for a few hours till I saw him again. I don't know how other runners run with such few items, but I, I that's weighed, something that's something we gotta figure I out. I weighed Melody down with a whole like cart full of food and <laughs> that she was lugging around at every aid station while other runners just have like a little Ziploc bag and that's all they need at the aid station. I, I did feel kind of embarrassed because like er, other I felt bad. Other people were there at the aid stations like like meeting their runners yeah. and I was there with this like giant wagon of stuff and, and no one else had anything but that that's just how you packed you know we just, just you didn't know what I like you to needed. have options so you know it it worked it worked out yeah. I just I just carried that wagon of stuff wherever wherever you were so and so going into it my nutrition plan was to eat something every 30 minutes um and I had different options like Uncrustables, Mod Balls, uh, Spring Energies, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, but anyways, race started off with two six-mile loops that you run the same loop twice. So then it puts you at 12 miles. And then honestly, like the beginning, like nothing too crazy. I was just feeling good, you know. Um, it rained on us. Uh once at around like mile 25 ish um it was pretty hard rain too and so then i rolled in at like mile 30 and i saw you um and that's where i had like a change i changed my socks and shoes out and you actually filed down i could feel a little bit of a hot spot starting and you filed down my callus where the hot spot was starting that's right um I was drinking at that point. I was trying to drink like some chicken noodle soup uh, every couple hours. And so that everything was actually going down good. My stomach was bloated though, and I don't know why. It was super bloated. Yeah. Even looking at the pictures, we're yeah. like, man, you were bloated. Even from the beginning, it was bloated. Like on my first loop, I, I pooped on – in the first 12 miles, I pooped twice. Um, so I don't know what – I don't know. I still, as you guys are going to find out, I have a lot to work on nutrition still. Uh, but overall, I was getting food in. I was feeling good. Overall, like I could still eat and just run. And so all was good. Then uh, 
from mile 30 to 40 is the biggest climb of the race. And, and it rained again. It rained and the hardest. And that time it rained super hard. And there was like a bunch yeah. of thunder going on. Um, and we got, get up to about 12,000 feet. Um, and it just got completely soaked. And I didn't have a... I had a water-resistant jacket, but not waterproof. So that jacket got... Just, you know, water resistant works for sprinkles. So get a waterproof jacket if you're going to run a 100 mile race. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's be my better. advice. Yeah. Pay pay the money for a nice waterproof jacket. It, it's worth it. So then after that, you know, I came down off that. Like I even met a guy at that point. The, the, it, the race is two 50 mile loops. So there I met a guy that was doing the 50. And as I was coming down and he was, he was actually calling it right then. He was shivering because he didn't have a good jacket. I think a lot of runners dropped about around that time when it started raining like that. Yeah. And so then now I, luckily I had brought three pairs of shoes though. So, because now I have two pairs of wet shoes. (laughs) And so. I was trying to like when jacob was gone i was trying to leave jacob's shoes like in the sun so they could so they could dry but i don't think they ever fully dried out yeah they, it just wasn't happening because it was raining on and off the whole basically time. the yeah. whole race was raining on and off um but anyways at this point melody thought that i was getting close to the being on cutting the cutoffs i was getting nervous i didn't realize how technical and how much climbing was in that that loop i thought that you would be back like literally hours before and and you were just you know you you were in high spirits you were feeling good and and i was like okay babe you gotta pick it up like i was getting nervous and and i knew that you're gonna slow down the second 50 you know the second loop and yeah i was getting a little bit nervous about about you getting the cut off so I, I'm at mile 40 at this point. So Melody's getting me a little nervous. And so I'm still feeling good, though. I've been going. I have start. I went slow. I wasn't running any ups. I was just, you know, doing a slow shuffle on the straight and the downs. So Your spirits I, were high at this yeah. point. Like, you were doing great. Yeah. And I'm starting to believe at this point that maybe I can finish because I'm at mile 40 and I'm my foot's not hurting me. That was my main concern. Like, I'm feeling good. Um, so then with you telling me pick it up, I did pick it up from 40 to 50. And it, there was another couple, probably about 2,000 feet of climbing in that section. Um couple nice climbs and there's a very technical rocky road the last three miles before you get to the halfway point coming down and almost everyone walked that because it was just like bald rocks technical yeah very technical you can't ever there's no flat footing it's boulders the whole way down for like three miles but for some reason i love that road um and because i just you passed everyone on that road it's, sun is starting to set at this point it's getting dark headlamps on and i start passing people and i'm coming across people that i had talked with earlier in the race and this is where i kind of got a little bit sad because i start coming across these people and you know i'm like hey you know so and so how you doing and he's just like i don't know you know because it's two loops so we're once we're done with this we got to start this loop all over again and 
I know people were getting into their heads at this point. I don't because it's it's been raining on and off, and obviously dark is setting in, and pretty much I a lot of people I'm like they're just basically telling me they're like I think I'm gonna call it when I get to the halfway point. So that that was probably discouraging for you to have yeah. so many people around you feeling yeah. discouraged and dropping out. Yeah, so I tried to just say some encouraging words to them. You know, like, you know, you got this. Like, I'm still in, probably in the latter part of the pack here. Um, and hoping that they could find some, you know, strength from within. And, uh, but yeah, it was pretty discouraging. Like, there was one guy, man, he was upset. He was running the 100. I hadn't even actually ran with him at all. He was ahead of me the whole time. And at this point, I get up to him and he's walking in. He's like, I'm on the death march and I'm quitting at mile 50. I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, but don't worry. I determined this already at mile 40. And I'm like, like, he was mad. (laughs) And I was like, all right, you know, adios, amigo. I don't know with him. I didn't even want to try to be like, no, you got this. But <laughs> anyways, so got in and I'm still feeling good at mile 50. Um, and I'm probably like an hour and a half ahead of the cutoff at this point. And feeling good. It's dark now. Um, night's about to set in. And so now we restart the whole race. And so then I went and did another six mile loop that we started it off with my brother. And then after that, I take off for the big portion of the night with my father-in-law. So it's about 11, 1130. Um, and so this is where things start to get hairy though, is I, now I'm getting into like 1am period and like, I'm getting that as I'm running, like, can like it's hard to keep my eyes open and so i'm feeling really tired and so i had this caffeine shot electrolyte thing that i'd taken a couple times but it never really set well in my stomach even and i shouldn't have taken it this time but i was like i need something to wake me up right now because i am feeling tired and so i took it and right when it hit my stomach I could feel my stomach just kind of like not like it. But and like I even had to stop for a sec and and I I got nauseous immediately when I took it and I stopped my father and I'm like, hey, give me a sec. I got to walk, you know, until my stomach calms down. And you basically were nauseous the rest of the run. Yeah. After that point. Yep. So then a few miles later, I rolled into an aid station. They had a tortilla quesadilla tried to eat that and all of a sudden right when i tried to swallow that i just like gagged it up and i couldn't get it down and so then i'm like oh no and so but i was able to get some fruit down and then like you know and gels are going down so i'm like okay i'm just gonna stick with these fruit i had some chia seed squeezes i'm like these are going down and roll with that and so then, you know, I, 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 then I try to poop again. Now I'm at like mile 60. Were six, you able to poop? I squeezed out <laughs> some substance. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd call it much of a poop. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah, but stomach's just so bloated. And anyways, um, 
my father-in-law's trying to push me along and there was some girls behind us and he was like we can't let the girls pass us but i was just like i don't care if the girls pass us and i just went off and pooped and anyways and then then you know like i'm starting to feel it but like i'm just like okay just get through the night and everything will calm down so this is the point where uh this was actually one of my favorite parts of the race was then, you know, mile 66, I was remembering that was our lowest point when we ran mile it together. Mile 66, yeah. Yep. And I was really feeling low. Um, but then my father-in-law suggested, how about we turn on some music? And so I'm like, okay, good idea. So I turn on, I had reception at that part of the course. So I turn on some music and like, it just ignited something in me at that point. And like the music I was just loving, it just hit. And so like I started like actually the Rocky theme song came on. Nice. And so I started like picking up my walk. I was walking and then the pace started getting faster with the Rocky theme song. And then after that, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm running now. And then I'm a big Switchfoot fan and the song afterlife came on and that is like my favorite pump up song that switchfoot makes go look it up guys oh i love that song and so and it's all about like the like the lyrics are like i'm ready now i'm not waiting for the afterlife and like coming alive now like living your best that's life. a pretty good pump up yeah song. like and so this, this is when you made a name for yourself yes <laughs> and so this comes on and I just, I start running, like running eight minute miles at this point. So now, you know, I'm like mile 67, 68, and I'm just running. And it's a pretty flat portion portion of the course too. So I can run it. And so I just take off and I start screaming the song. Like at first I just started like talking to it. And then like I progressively got louder and louder and louder. And I was like, ooh, this feels better when I just when i when i yell the song and so i i just started so li listen up runners this is a great strategy yeah. so <laughs> i just started yelling the song and like getting entrenched in the song and i so i'm basically yelling it out this is like 2 3 a.m in the morning and yelling it out and just take off running eight minute miles and i pass those girls again and <laughs> and uh they're just like, way to go. And I'm like, excuse the singing, but I, this is what's getting me through. And they're like, keep it up. And so, and then I kept that up for probably another three, four-ish miles. Like the songs I've just kept, like, even if they weren't the most pump up songs, I was just screaming them, like just scream those lyrics. It just let out the frustration and just screamed them and that basically got me through the most boring section of the course is just is a mountain bike trail it just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in the sagebrush and that got me through that and into the next aid station but i don't know how well i ate <laughs> during those or how well i drank because i got into that next aid station and kind of just like collapsed and now it's like 4 a.m get into that aid station and I tell Mark, my father-in-law, my pacer, and I'm like, I'm like, I might need a second here. I think I need to cry. <laughs> is what I told him. <laughs> well, well, and and pause really quick. The rest of the run, everyone was like, 
are are you the one who was singing? Yeah. Are you the singing runner? Because it was a very <laughs> open area of the course. So if you were yelling, runners could probably hear you for a good mile in each direction. So everyone knew Jacob as the singing runner. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, because I was screaming, not singing. I was basically screaming the lyrics. <laughs> um, and then uh, I sat there. And I was starting to feel really discouraged. It's like the, all that high just came crashing down again with the lack of food through the night. And um, I was able, all I could eat was some watermelon there. So I ate that. There were some people at the aid station just tried to encourage me along. I know my father-in-law was starting to feel it at that point because even he was like, yeah, I need a second here too. Um because this was his first time ever running through the night and he just ran his first 50 K. So congrats to him. We'll have him on the podcast in a couple of weeks here. And so then, you know, I sat there probably a good 20 minutes, like a long time and got up the courage and finally left, not feeling well, took some fruit with me as I'm still like, well, at least I can stomach fruit. But then at this point I try to stomach some fruit as I'm going off to the next aid station. And even that I can't stomach. And then I'm like, Oh no. And then this is where I hit my low. I'm like, Oh no, I can't even eat fruit now. So up to this point, every time I saw Jacob, he was happy. He was in high spirits and, and I saw him slowly getting more and more tired. But, but even though he was tired, he was like, I got this, I'm fine. And, and so anyways, Jacob comes stumbling in after this is the morning now. So it's like maybe seven o'clock in the morning. Jacob yeah. comes stumbling in. And that, this is like mile 70 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you come in and you seem angry. Like you do not seem happy. And you come in and my my dad is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob comes in and we're like, we're like, is that Jacob? We, we couldn't tell if it was Jacob because my dad wasn't with him. And and he gets closer and we're like, and that's Jacob. And we're thinking, like, so where's dad? <laughs> you're thinking, wait, did my, did Jacob and my my dad get in a fight and Jacob left him? <laughs> I, I just was like, well, is dad okay? Like, what is going on? And dad wasn't too far behind, but he came in and... He's probably like a half mile behind me. So. Yeah. And oh, dad, dad was white. He was a ghost. Yeah. Like I was, I was scared for dad. I was like, sit down, eat something and... And Jacob does is not feeling good. And, and you you hung up this aid station for a while. It was probably, probably like 45 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we were just trying to shove whatever calories we could get in you. We were trying to get in you. And at this point, I'm a good like three, four hours ahead of the cutoff. So I have time. But I came in like just I was mad because I knew I wasn't stomaching any calories. And I didn't understand what I did wrong. Um, and so I was mad cause I'm like, I've been eating every 30 minutes. I've been doing what Julie showed. If you want to listen to a good podcast on nutrition, listen to our interview with Julie Shobe, um, called running nutrition is not intuitive. Something like that. Anyways, we'll post it in the show yeah, notes that. And so like, I've been getting all my electrolytes in, I, I, I'm noon, uh, noon electrolytes is what I've had. I had two water bottles full of noon. So I was getting water Doing and everything electrolytes. that has worked for you yeah. in the past. Yeah. Like I felt like I was starting to actually st- target in my nutrition, but then also my nutrition went baloney on me. And then I'm like here, 
the last 20 miles of this course. So this this is actually about oh, this mile, mile 80. 80. This is yeah, mile 80. Yeah, because this is yeah. when I, I started running with you. Yeah, So and now it's like 6, 7 a.m. Sun just barely came up. The last and just side note, when Jacob was doing this part with my dad, I was sleeping in the parking lot in the front seat of my car, just yeah. curled up in a ball. <laughs> Anyways. And the last 20 miles was the hardest because they you do this loop twice and the all most of the climbing comes on the last half and i just come up a nice climb too to get well, so, to that so so there's station. there's two more loops so at mile yeah. 80 you have one well you have one out and back yeah with a ton of climbing and yeah. then and then you have 10 more miles yeah which has climbing in it. Might not, but, but not it as might much not feel as, like a lot of climbing oh, I know. to someone who's only been I going know, 10 it, miles. It wasn't but, as intense as that first yeah. out and back. So And it goes up to 12,000 feet. And so now I'm thinking, how am I supposed to get up to 12,000 feet with no calories? And so this is where you were I... able to eat a little bit at, at the aid station. We, like what? Well, we were getting Coke and ginger ale in you. I was drinking, not eating. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, how am I supposed to get it up? But then, yeah, Melody kept giving me Coke. And then I, I thought, well, I guess if I can get Coke in me, I guess that's calories. Um, and so this was the point where I was considering can I do this? Like Mm -hmm. the thoughts of quitting were in my head. You were angry, man. You were angry. But Melody just kept giving me Coke and saying, I'm going to help you get up this. We got this. And I'm like, well, I guess I got to give this a shot, you know, like. Well, and, and I made you eat every 30 minutes. So you still, you were still like gagging down like spring energies and, yeah, um, but it, mod it, balls and but I wasn't up to that point and high chews. Yeah, yeah. What, from the last eight, eight, from the for the previous eight ten miles before I got to you, nothing. I didn't eat anything. But once we started going, then I made sure that you're eating yeah. something every thirty minutes. Yeah, even though it burned my stomach every time it went in. Yeah. So, anyways, but this is the point where obviously I didn't know if I was going to finish. Uh, and then anyways, finally, after drinking a bunch of Coke, and I was ginger just, ale. just this and peppermint tea, just got up and, and set out and Melody telling me, come on, we can do this. And then I was really angry because they had us take a little detour because we wouldn't want to disturb the campers through this campground. And they told us. It's the same mileage. Bullcrap. The detour added on <laughs> miles. So I was mad about mm-hmm. that. And I was also mad that this race had changed from when I signed up. It was initially 18,000 feet of climbing. And then it changed to 23,000 feet of climbing. And then it was initially one one loop that was 100 miles. And then it had changed to two 50-mile loops. Yeah, there was, I don't know. This, so, this race, there's lots of changes. This part was funny, though. When So me and you venture out and you're super angry and we have a friend who she was on uh andrea christensen she was on the podcast a while ago she was there and we were venturing out and she goes go bateman or go batemans or something like that and what did you say you were i said 
ultras suck. Oh, yeah, you and were I like, said, this sucks. I said, screw ultras. And then we both looked at each other and we both just kind of like shrugged. And I, I just kind of like smelled at her like, you know how it goes. <laughs> we're at mile 80. He's, he's not in the right mind right now. He hasn't slept. I was mad. And I was like cursing the race director. I'm like, here he has changed the course. This isn't what I wanted oh, the whole to run. Time, you were like, you were swearing. And yeah. Like, and I, I was like, I hate Sean. I yeah. Hate. <laughs> I hate Hey, ultras i i was angry and i was just yelling this out you know and then like i passed a runner who was coming down off the climb oh yeah and you're all how much did it suck up there yeah i was <laughs> mad that i was headed back up there i was so mad that i had to go back up there for a second time and but i just kept walking and because you're not running just this one step at section, a time so oh, i just yeah. kept walking and then at this point you said like i didn't even check my phone at all you know so we're in the morning the second morning and this is where you say um do you you want me to read you some texts that you've gotten or whatever and i was like you know i was still angry i'm like sure sure i guess anything to distract me right now so you handed me your phone and you had been getting text messages this whole time from friends and family who were just sending you uplifting, encouraging messages. So yeah, I started to read the messages to Jacob as we were going up this hill and you could take it from here. And so Melody starts reading it and um, I think all the emotions and i actually had didn't cry at that one aid station i told my father-in-law i need to cry here i tried to cry but i couldn't and i didn't understand why i couldn't cry because i wanted to cry (laughs) you know it really hurt at that point and sucked but here here melody starts reading me these encouraging texts of basically people who like believed in me that i could do it and something about hearing these text messages and how that these people like cared enough to send these messages to me um, and that they believed in me just made something in that made me realize that I could do it. And I just started bawling my eyes out as I just hear of all, I, I just felt a lot of love from everyone and that they I was like man if they believe I can do it maybe I can do it you know takeaway your support system is huge yes it's huge tell people that you're running tell people that this is a big deal to you tell them what you're doing don't go do it in secret let people cheer you on let them let them know what you're doing and so that's where the crying finally hit and looking back I now realize that was the moment where I knew I was going to finish. That was almost my finish line. Because I was like, what, 13 miles? I was like, okay, I was like 17 miles from the finish when this is happening. But that was just the point where I knew I could power through 17 more miles. And we've learned this is how it goes in a 100-mile race. The finish line is actually really anticlimactic. In in every 100-mile race, so at least the ones that we've experienced – too <laughs> <laughs> and you know from talking to other people about their experiences it seems like the 
the like finish line experience, the like excitement, it always happens before the finish line. It always happens at some point in the race, you know you're going to finish and that that's kind of when, when you celebrate, even though you haven't crossed the finish line yet. Yeah. I guess by celebrating, meaning crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it just felt good to cry as I was hiking up the steep mountain and there's like switchbacks and you're just going up, 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 up. And like, you can't even, I couldn't even look up because it's really is a steep mountain. Dude, that's and a hard mountain. That I told Melody, mountain. I was like, I, I'm not looking up. I'm not, because when you, I did glance up, I just see people above me on the switchbacks, like straight above me. Sometimes it's too overwhelming yeah. to look at the big picture. Sometimes you just have to look down at your feet and focus on yep. one step at a time. And that's what I did. And I just cried. And um, then, you know, once Melody got done reading the text messages, I uh, I was just trying to keep my momentum and my good vibes going. And so I worked at scout camp for uh, like 10, 11 summers, basically growing up and through college. Every summer I'd go out and work at scout camps. And that's all about scouting values are all about doing your best and not quitting and becoming, you know, a a high moral high character you know person um and so i thought of some cheesy scout songs that are all about that but that we would sing every week you know in like the spiritual moments at camp and so those popped into my head and so i started singing these songs and so you're hiking and you're <laughs> crying and you're singing yes. i actually took a video of we, we won't post it. I haven't had the nerve <laughs> to even watch that video but yet. But I took a video. It was a really tender moment, actually. Yeah. I recorded Jacob just singing and crying going up the hill. Yeah. It was just basically, you know, a song that gave me a lot of strength. Like, the, the lyrics are like, on my honor, I will try. There's a duty to be done. And I say I. And just something about that was like, I am going to do this. Like, I'm going to try. Like, I'm not going to give up, you know, just hit the spot. Like, this is, I, I'm going to do this because I, you know, I'm not a quitter. I, <laughs> I can do this. I, nothing is stopping me. Like, you know, like if I quit, I'm just quitting because it sucks right now. Um, but, uh, so I did that and it ended up getting me all the way to the top of that climb uh, it was about like a five mile climb. And then I just sat at the top for a second. And that's when I knew this race was done. Like I was finishing. That's when I was excited. When we got to the top of that hill, that's when I knew that you were going to yeah. finish. Because I knew that we had just completed the hardest part of the last 20 miles. Yeah. And so then I just, we ran back down, threw my shirt off because it got hot which is really unlike Jacob. Jacob <laughs> hates running shirtless, which I always I always try to encourage him to take his shirt off more. <laughs> but he's just not about it. So so I was really I was all about it at that. <laughs> I don't like Jake nipples. Time. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, threw my shirt off, came in the mile ninety back at the aid station. I was feeling pretty low again. I think heat exhaustion at this point is starting to catch up with me and some dehydration. Yeah. Needed another like 30 minutes to get myself right again. Drank, sat there, just drank Coke. Um, and then set off again for the last 10 miles. And here's, I want to mention this. I, I feel like there's a good lesson here. So 
from from the pacer perspective. So we set off for the last ten last ten miles and we get going and we're not we're not that far, but I go to take a sip of my water and I realize I have no water in my pack. I had spent the entire aid station filling up Jacob's water and getting all of Jacob's food ready to go. I didn't even think about filling up my own water pack. So I had to, I was like, hold on. And Jacob went into the woods and he pooped and I ran back really quick, filled up my water and left. And that was just a good lesson of, you know, when you're a pacer, you need to take care of yourself too. It is critical that you take care of yourself because if you're not okay, you're not going to be able to help your pacer. And I feel like there's a really good life lesson in that too. You need to take care of yourself before you take care of the people around you. Or you can put the mask on the 100-mile runner who's acting like a baby at the time. (laughs) Melody was literally holding up the water bottle to my mouth for me to drink it. I will say... (laughs) Like I was a baby. (laughs) I will say it. I I knew that you weren't, like, in your right mind. (laughs) I knew, like... Being a pacer for someone, it, it is Especially it is kind of like watching a toddler. It, it really is because yeah. they're they're delusional, they're tired, they're hungry, they're crazy. oh, you were it's, babysitting me, hundred percent. It, it was like it was like, like babysitting, babysitting a little five year old. Yeah, and that's not that's not. I'm not saying that in a mean way. Like I feel like anyone who's been running for that long, there that's how you're gonna act. You know. Yeah, and so then. Honestly, I threw up on that last section, um, but threw at up this a mod balls. So Jacob this, hasn't been able to eat mod balls. <laughs> I love them, but <laughs> yes, need a break from them. Yeah. yeah, I need a break. I threw those up. Uh, just honestly, mainly just kept getting calories in through drinking Coke, ginger ale, and I just made sure I looked at my watch, and every thirty minutes, I just made sure that he was eating something, and I was just reminding you to drink your water and to drink your Coke. Maybe yep. ginger ale. Yep. And uh, my ankle started hurting on that last bit, um, kind of like running downhill, shooting pains in my ankle. Um, but I, it was nothing I couldn't persevere through. Well, there also, I wanted to mention this part. When we were making the last climb, it started running again, or running. It started raining again, and there was thunder and lightning, and it was close. Like the thunder lightning was really, really close. And. Um, that was really scary. I, I felt really scared. I know at one point me and you both stopped and we were like, um, what do we do? It was we're like, do right, we hunker down somewhere? It was somewhere? right next to us when it, it went close. off. Yeah. We were like, we we're like, we can't turn around. And, and, and we were like climbing this mountain when this was happening. And so we we're like, what do we do? And, um, this was a special moment for me. We said a prayer and I just felt this overwhelming, uh, like comfort this piece that we were going to be okay and I, I didn't have anxiety about it anymore so it uh and we made that climb and we came down we came back down on the rocky road um which that was terrible but this is one of my favorite parts because you passed everyone you and everyone four. was like you go dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> so was cheering you on it was the road that no one was running off. no yeah. one ran it because it was just no level footing and Came deck down that, passed four people on my way down, and finished at 36 hours. I just couldn't believe how how quick you took off. There, there are even some parts where, like, you were kind of leaving me in the dust. Like, I was having a hard time keeping up with you on that road. Yeah. So, it, it was, I was, I was surprised so impressed. Too. And, and I was surprised. I was like, when I was running down that, I'm like, wow, here I am at mile like 97 or whatever. You knew. You, you ha- you're one of those runners. We, we've been talking about this a lot lately. 
did you guys hear Jacob's stomach growl? <laughs> that was a pretty loud growl. I don't know if the microphone picked that up or not. <laughs> but anyways. Stomach's still not happy. <laughs> um, but but yeah, he... Oh yeah, this is what we were talking about. Is There's those people who they, they know that the finish is almost there and it, it motivates them and, it, and they are kicked into drive and they just go. And you're one of those people where when you know you're almost there, you just go for it. And you just took off. And, and basically that's, that's, you know, that's about as anticlimactic as, um, a hundred mile finish is. Yeah. <laughs> you, I when, just, when I you're know. like, and then I finished like that, honestly, that's, that's it. how it goes. That's how it felt. And then I'm you like, finish. Oh, I'm There's done a cowbell, now. a couple claps. They didn't even then have like, down. they didn't even have like a finish line <laughs> or anything. It's a more low key race. So it's just a table <laughs> and a canopy yeah. that you just run up to the table and they give you your buckle. And then you sit. But <laughs> this is, we got to wrap this up, but just real quickly, like looking back on it, this is what I learned from this race is we are stronger than we realize because the whole time I was running that race, I was surprised even with all the stomach issues, how strong my body was overall and how like my mind overall was doing well till the last little bit. But like, like I was like, I can't believe I almost didn't do this. Like I was ready for yeah, this. Don't talk yourself out of the race. Yes. If you're not sure, just go try. If you end up dropping, it's fine. But it's at fine. least try. At least try. Like you still got to do training. But if training doesn't go perfectly, it's okay. Just give it, give it a shot. And like, you know, I know it doesn't work out for everyone, but I was lucky enough for it to work out for me. And I was shocked and it made me this doing a hundred miles for the second time compared to the first time was night and day. And I think it's cause I've had a lot more longer runs in the mountains, a lot more just mental training. And I've just made more ultra running kind of a lifestyle, like, you know, get out there, pace people, like find those opportunities to, to get out there and run a long distance with people. Don't worry about speed or time, but like make it a lifestyle. Um, always try to spend time on your feet. And I think doing that over the past couple of years made running a hundred miles for the second time. Just, it, I, I don't know. It was a lot easier than it was easier than the first time. And this course was much more challenging than the first you course. You had more time on your feet. And yeah. that, that's the thing, like you said, is just making it a lifestyle and, and building that base over years and years. So I, I can't wait to see what happens in, you know, yeah. a couple more years from now as, as we keep things up. And we'll talk more about like Melody just ran a 50 K and took third place in it. And you, you were talking about how you felt, felt like, wow, you were much stronger than you realized on that 50 K. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So L last thing we're like trying to like throw yeah, all this stuff in here. We got an appointment where you gotta, <laughs> we gotta make, but I just wanted to say, Another takeaway is to adjust, adjust your training. If you're injured or if something yeah. happens, instead of just being like, a, oh, well, I can't run, figure something else out, ride a bike, hike, yep. swim. You can walk. always walk. You can always adjust your training. Adjust it. Yep. Don't just stop. That's the worst thing you can do. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And anyway, so, and honestly, I couldn't have made it without you. Um, you babysat me through the 20 miles. Love you you baby. showed up at all my, <laughs> the aid stations helped me out. I couldn't have 
you know, my brother and my sister-in-law came down with their cute dog. Hash brown. Hash brown, a little Vizsla. <laughs> Shout out to hash you brown. You know, my father-in-law paced me through the night. Like, I just couldn't have done it without everyone. And uh, it was it was a great experience. And I'm so glad God told me to do it and that I just did it because I found a strength that I didn't know I had through doing that. So if you're questioning your race... Like we said, don't talk yourself out of it. Do it. Do what you adjust can. Adjust your training. Adjust, do what you can. And just do give the it race. your best shot, right? Do the best you can. If you guys have any questions or comments about this episode, go ahead and reach out to us on our Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of us, Trail to 100. And if you or someone you know has a cool ultra running story, reach out to us. We're always looking for fun people to get on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. There'll be a new episode out every Tuesday morning and we'll catch you guys next week. Hey runners, are you looking for accountability in your training? Maybe you just need a little help structuring your workout plan. Maybe you have big goals, but you're just having a hard time staying consistent and don't know exactly how to plan your workout routine. I'll provide you the accountability you need by checking in on you on a consistent basis. I will also create a workout plan for you so you never have to wonder what to do for your workout. I'll teach you how to do your training correctly and I'll explain why you're training the way you're training because I don't know about you, but I hate to just do what someone tells me to do without understanding why. I'll teach you how to build healthy habits that stick as we examine every part of your life, including nutrition, sleep, stress, etc., because it all matters when you're training for a race. I'll also adjust my coaching to fit your needs because everyone learns differently. If you're looking for a coach and this sounds like the right fit, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at the Pine Tree Runner. You are stronger than you think. Link in show notes.